What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Tom Talk Trash, back for another episode of Loving Wrestling on Fight Flow Books. This time, I'm joined by a name you know, wrestling media personality, Ella J. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you again, obviously, on a, on a new show, but I love wrestling, so I can't wait to talk about it. So you brought up there the fact that you love wrestling. I do. Do you remember the moment that you were like, wrestling's my thing now. I love this. Yes. Um, my, I guess, wrestling anniversary is coming up next month, actually. It'll be 14 years um, where I stumbled upon it by accident because I was just kind of scrolling through channels on a Friday night. This was when I was in middle school. Um, I would have been, it, I would have been going into seventh grade. So I was like super awkward and introvert was not really popular or whatever. Like I didn't have plans on a Friday night. So it was Friday night Smackdown. I was scrolling through channels. I see this guy with cool face paint. It's Jeff Hardy versus CM Punk in a loser leaves town match in a steel cage. Mm. I, it was actually Jeff's last match, like before he came back in 2017 to WWE. And I just remember like being, I mean, I feel like he, the perfect way to explain it is like charismatic enigma he really was so charismatic and cool and in high flying and doing all of this stuff and even just my first time seeing him but then like you know he was saying he made the goodbye speech after and the crowd was like really emotional and even though i had only been watching him for, for a couple of minutes i was already like emotionally invested in him and then so from there i you know i watched friday night smackdown through there it was like cm punk uh this like batista undertaker Rey mysterio john morrison kind of that 09 2010 era uh dx was on there too occasionally so uh it was jeff hardy versus cm punk and i never thought i'd say but 14 years later there is a possibility mm. for a rematch of cm punk versus jeff hardy which i never would have imagined but it's an actual real possibility now so i'm still crossing my fingers that that happens in AEW. i never actually put two and two together there but like yeah, that is possible, isn't it now? Like, wow. I'm crossing my fingers. John Morrison, Johnny Television is also now in um AEW. So like Jeff versus John might rekindle their intercontinental championship rivalry. There's there's a lot of in intriguing possibilities from my childhood that I never thought would get to come back to life. I can see the tweet now because you're quite good <laughs> with wrestling tweets. AEW has just the the I'm probably going to butcher it, but a, a just a tweet of like AEW just recreated my childhood and I love it. I can imagine. Yeah. Oh no, I, like I've, I've tweeted it out before that I'm manifesting it. You know, I I'm ready if, when, and if they announce that I'm going to have the tweet ready. <laughs> so you talked about there the moment and like the CM Punk, uh, Jeff Hardy rivalry, the steel cage, that moment that made you love wrestling. Was that also the match that made you love wrestling? Do you think? The match, I think that I think that got me hooked on it. Um, I don't I don't know if I like loved it. I don't know if there's like a specific match that made me love wrestling. I think it's more the the storylines and the characters, you know, because again, during this time uh, to kind of peel back the curtain, like I was um I was not did not have good like mental health back then, you know, mm -hmm. I had a lot of like insecurities and stuff and so people like degeneration x like Shawn michaels and triple h you know them coming over to SmackDown and being really funny this was towards the latter this was literally their last like six months together as dx before sean retired um 
So like them doing all these funny skits, like just like gave me an escape for it. And then obviously, you know, um, it's kind of a negative thing going into it, but the whole like Piggy James storyline, like I felt Mm. like I identified, I related to Mickey and all the body insecurities and kind of the, the the bullying and like all that stuff kind of to go with it so I really like related to her and I was rooting for her and then you know she prevailed at the Royal Rumble the next year beating uh, Michelle McCool for the women's championship so for me it was like it's kind of transcending reality I saw myself in her and like I was rooting for her and so for me I guess it was more the characters than like a specific match I think um that made me love wrestling and then obviously I'm I'm a sports person I played sports like all my life growing up. So for me, it also brought in this cool sports element to it. So I think mostly gave me an escape and I got kind of invested in the characters, I think. Mm, I understand what you're saying completely there because not to talk about myself, but I'd say I'm very similar when it comes to things, like when it comes to characters over moves yeah. is, the way I'll, is the way I'll phrase it. You brought up something there that I find very interesting about insecurity and stuff like that. With everything you've done in the wrestling media and how hard you work, what do you, do you still get insecure when an interview goes live, for one? And what do you do to sort of combat that inner voice of insecurity sometimes? If you're comfortable know. talking about that. Yeah, I don't know if I per se get insecurities like when interviews go live. I think I've gradually become more confident in my interviewing skills and like my questions to it. I feel like I'm more nervous going into them for specific ones. Anyway, I feel like for the most part, you know, I've kind of chilled out. I've gotten into a rhythm. I've gotten more confident in my ability to put together interviews and then deliver on it, even if I'm like nervous. So I wouldn't necessarily say I'm kind of nervous when they come out or I have insecurities. I'm actually really proud of them because it's my favorite Mm. thing to do. Um, But I definitely still have insecurities to, you know, comparing myself to others. It's like, oh, I want, why is so-and-so getting this guest? It's like, I want to talk to this person, you know? So for me, it's kind of more an inner thing than it has to do with the actual interviews. like I was saying off air, I feel like we're all our own kind of worst critics. Yeah, definitely. And so I feel like, you know, I'm I'm definitely grateful for like a lot of, you know, some of the opportunities. And I definitely feel like I've grown a lot in the last year. Like I just celebrated my four year podcasting anniversary and congratulations by the way thank you this started out as is a hobby and is now full-time so for me that itself is huge growth but I think we all have our own you know internal things we want to accomplish you know but then wrestling is so saturated and you see all these other people doing all these cool things and that's great for them you know um but I feel like you know people maybe don't like to talk about it but I feel like jealousy is like a real thing you know it's it's a Mm. natural thing but you can't let it overwhelm you and kind of you know dictate your whole thing it's natural to feel that let that absorb that then try to fuel it and not let it turn into a negative a really negative thing you know like spewing hate rather Mm. you should I feel like kind of turn it into motivation that's hard sometimes honestly but I feel like that's definitely my biggest insecurity is like comparing myself and my success to others you know I still I know have leaps and bounds to go I'm only four years into this um, but you know, I feel like we're all our own worst critics when it comes to like our progress or I maybe lack of. Mm, you brought up there, and you are one hundred percent that we all are our own worst critics. And you did bring up there about comparing your not comparing—that's the wrong word—like comparing yourself to where others are in their journey, even though 
you might be far along in your journey. Yeah. So I tried to segue this, but it may not work. Who are the five people in wrestling media currently? You're like, they're doing amazing work. You should check them out. They deserve their flowers. And that was a terrible segue. I do apologize. I just want to clarify that these are people that are I, I respect and I enjoy their work. You know, I look I look up to them. Um, one is definitely one that I feel like we mutually kind of look up to, and he has graciously not taken uh taken me under his wing, but he's definitely helped me a lot throughout this last year. And that's Sean Rossap, you know, especially mm-hmm. as I'm doing like my first, like my first WWE like media, media row, you know, this year early. I yeah, it was very last minute. Thank God he was there. You know, he's definitely given me some opportunities too. He has been there for me for advice and even sometimes asked me for stuff, which is is crazy to think about. Um, you know, he he is, I feel like, kind of like one of the standards in wrestling right now. So it's been cool to kind of build a good uh relationship with him. You know, similarly on that same wavelength is definitely Denise, you know, Denise Salcedo. She's been one, like, I feel like she is like kind of the, the woman right now in especially wrestling media, you know, and and it's ironic because again, she started in like the entertainment industry, you know, she still does that. Um, But I feel like she's kind of streamlined a lot of her work into wrestling, you know, she is a, she is a workhorse, you know um waking up at i think it's like 4 a.m on saturdays to host busted open radio because she's on the pacific time zone um it, you know she has an insane work ethic so i definitely look up to her in, in that regard um definitely two people that i still look up to and they were two of the big influences early on um is chris van fleet and alicia too you know those are two of the three people that really propelled me to start podcasting in the first place and then you know do more interviews and stuff you know Chris again is Mick Tyson entertainment with with wrestling you know he has his own like studio and podcast that's like my dream oh, yeah. is to like host a podcast you know like and just to like not just be able to do that but like have that be your main thing like hosting and interviewing like that's the big dream like and he's done it you know he's done so many things and is so knowledgeable and has built up his resume it's amazing i think he's interviewed the rock like or it's one of them the rock and john cena like seven or i think i thought it was like seven or eight at this point i think it might actually be up to 10 now yeah but still like baby thing and like interviewing the rock would seem like a once in a lifetime thing he's done it like eight times now or whatever the number is you know um and alicia again you know she balances music with wrestling she's one of wrestling's hottest free agents right now you know she still continues to grind whether it's it's hosting she did a little bit of wrestling too when she was with the worsties you know she's been in mm-hmm. mlw she's been on the AEW impact stage that's huge um and then I feel like I have to to kind of, you said five, I feel like the last one has to be somebody who I have worked closer with in the last, coming up on two years, Alyssa Marino, you know, I do, I do, a, I wouldn't call myself an expert on it, but I, you know, I've been doing some commentary the last kind of two years for Capital Championship Wrestling. I'm still kind of gaining my footing in it because I only do it about once a month and, you know, it's uh, remote. Um, but she's somebody who has experience again, was a backstage interviewer correspondent for NXT. She has a, a lengthy resume, like all going all across the Indies, hosting, doing everything. So I feel like those five people I really look up to and, and uh, with a lot of them, I've kind of been able to build a, a good rapport with, I think. So I'm kind of really grateful for that. That's very cool. This is going to sound like I'm blowing smoke. 
but you if i was to do this like flip the script on myself you would definitely be on the list of the five people that i'd be like yeah i've seen her come a long way and she has definitely helped me a lot you know that like i've always i feel like i've slid into your dms a few times and been like can i do this like can yeah, I and honestly i don't really have all the answers to everything because i'm still figuring things out myself but um i definitely try to help out where i can and i i always appreciate that you know that but to bring this back to your love of wrestling who do you love watching wrestling alongside repeat that who do you love watching wrestling with i don't know why i phrased it so oh with okay so me and my friends for like there's pay-per-views every month me and my friends have kind of a, a group chat and so we will like have watch alongs with each other like at least once because there's a pay-per-view every one every month at least once or twice a month um we we watch smackdown honestly pretty much almost every week too as well together so we pretty much weekly have a meeting on discord um it I mean, Chris Riddle, I mean, Jose, if you guys have seen me, you know, kind of know some of my friends. Um, Emily J is in there too. Um, watch a lot with her. Um, just kind of our whole, our, uh, the the group chat is called the Riddle Squad. It's after C Chris Riddle, you know. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to him. He just made a bomb. I don't, I don't want to swear in here, but he just made a bomb ass video for trish stratus like a video package Ooh. and she used it so that was huge for him you know he he's awesome um but i have a lot of fun you know kind of taking a step back because i feel like i kind of get lost i'm so in the zone of like working that i that was like going to be my next question because okay. it's it's hard especially for me to go to live events or watch events and like not work like mm. it's hard for me to just sit back and enjoy it without feeling inclined to like live tweet about it or share my thoughts i don't remember the last time i've honestly just sat back and enjoyed like actually just <laughs> straight up enjoyed a wrestling show um but they make it a lot more fun definitely i understand what you're saying completely there so if you say you haven't just sat back and watched a wrestling show in a long time because of your work how do you keep your fandom alive and make sure that like i'm still a fan this isn't just my job now yeah that's hard you know too because because i i think i'm working upwards of at least at least 60 hours a week kind of so it's sometimes hard and you know i consciously take efforts there's nights where there's wrestling on uh where i will not watch it because i just you know i just feel like i need i need a, a breather but to keep my my fandom alive i honestly watch a lot of youtube videos of like i don't know like just for example like our truth funny moments like i was watching that last night i watch a lot of like old youtube clips um or go on i want to say ww network it's peacock I'll, I'll go back and watch some of like my favorite like events and stuff so i guess i have I guess I have gone back and, and watched some things with just enjoying it, but watching it live, I like haven't. the current stuff. Yeah, I the current stuff in a while, I have not just, just sat down and just enjoyed it. Um, but I'll go back and watch a lot of the old stuff and kind of keep that alive. Things, whether it's characters I like or, or funny moments or related to that, um, or just watch um, interviews of my favorite superstars. I, I like to do that. Um, yeah, it's it's in my off time that you know you. I feel like it's so it's so 
it's maybe it's silly, but like I would just honestly watch random YouTube videos of like old matches or old moments or countdowns, or um, I'll watch a lot of my favorite content creators that are from wrestling that kind of keep that alive. You know, they have funny banter or they have different perspectives. So kind of do a, a, a couple a couple things to keep it alive. That's very cool. So we talked about that, how you keep your fandom alive. What would you do, like, whether it be for work or just as an overall fan, if you did wake up one day, say something happened in a storyline or just your mindset changed and you were like, I don't think I love wrestling anymore. Um, I'm going to be honest that that kind of happened 2020 um, when all this, the speaking out stuff came out. I think you and um, I had discussed this before. Yeah, last time you was there, on, yeah, there was there was a period of time. This again, this was all. This happened less than a year after I started podcasting. You know, I, you know, we don't know into the media side. I've I've learned more, some more stuff about it, like behind the scenes stuff. But like that was just like truly heartbroken, you know. And it felt like the one thing you love had kind of betrayed you. But you know, I feel like you wouldn't really know if if you're just a fan, like I like myself at that time, you would have had kind of no idea. So there was definitely a period of time where I was contemplating, like, do I do I want to do I still want to continue to do this? You know, it was it was a tough time, and it, it's still an ongoing issue, you know, with everything. Um, what was the initial question though? What would like, I do? Yeah. Look, what would you do if you woke up one day and was like, I don't think I love this as much as I once did anymore. Um, I, I, I think if I ever come to that point where wrestling is like not fun and I will admit there, there's definitely moments where I'm like, oh, like I just want to be like done with stuff, but I feel like it's natural for everybody. I, I kind of do technically have a degree to fall back on. I could always go back to graduate school. I, I know I it's a bachelor's, but I can't remember in what. It's bachelor's in psychology, you know, yes, to pretty much is. do anything with psychology though, you kind of have to have at least a master's. Um, and I minored in creative writing. So technically, you know, I have a degree to fall back on, but I would kind of have to go for more schooling, I feel like. Um, or I don't know, I would maybe just go back into retail until I figured things out. I haven't really thought much about it because I don't really want to think about it because I've only been full time less than a year now. No, I um, But I, I definitely have a couple options at, at the very least, if God forbid any like anything happened, you know. I don't want to end on the <laughs> question that I end on normally. So we're going to do it. No, actually, we will do it the normal way around. Basically, what we talked about what keeps your fandom alive a bit. But what are three moments, uh, five, uh, three moments from the past of wrestling that you love? And then three moments from the current product, as we record this in July 2023. You're like, yeah, I love that. That's why I love wrestling. Can you define uh, past and, and current? Is there like a cutoff time period? So I would say anything happening as we record this now, for example, Blood and Guts is tonight mm -hmm. as we record yeah. this. And then anything past would be, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I might be defining it wrong, but like I would even consider Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega as past. Fair. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to be honest, like there was, you know, everybody talks about like the disappointment. I wouldn't say everybody, but I feel like a lot of people, including myself, talk about the disappointment of WrestleMania night two, the ending. But honestly, WrestleMania night one, and there aren't many moments where I feel like 
I've cried in professional wrestling. I cried after night one of WrestleMania concluded um, because I would say after Theory and Cena, like the rest of that night, like the the men's tag team gauntlet, um, it was what Dominic and Ray, um, Charlotte and Rhea, the Usos tag team. Um, who else was on night one? Um, I can't remember. Was it so- Trish? Trish, Becky? Yeah, yeah, Trish, Trish, Becky, that uh, that tag team match against Damage Control, I believe that was mm-hmm. night one. Um, you know, that whole night one, I would say after Cena in theory, was so good, so mm-hmm. good. And I feel like I have not watched a wrestling show where overall, like, I'm legit, like, emotionally invested in it. You know, there was a lot of high-flying moments, you know, in that men's, that WrestleMania showcase, a lot of us going into it were like, what but then that men's wrestlemania showcase was so good charlotte and Rhea was so hard-hitting and the crowd was really into it you know the st- and then the storyline of the usos the emotions sammy and kevin dethroning the undisputed wwe tag team champions just that whole night like after cena and theory trust me i love cena too the match itself you know is theory but low blowing him but after that like God, that would that had to have been the best wrestling event that I have seen in a long damn time. I legit cried after that. Like that, that is why I love wrestling. Is WrestleMania night one after Cena in theory? Um, hey, anyone tells Ella <laughs> she's not passionate about wrestling anymore. Ask her about WrestleMania night one. Yeah, I was legit crying, and I, I tweeted that. I that was oh my gosh. Um, moments too, you know. Um. Anybody who knows me knows that, you know, I, I've been a, a Mickey James fan since like the, the beginning, you know, after she got released from WWE, you know, it was like so emotional and like, I, you know, I know her on a personal level and professional level. So for me, it was, it hit harder. When she won glory, um, when she won that title, I feel like it was like vindication, you know, for all the stuff that, you know, she got released was heartbroken. You know, she had fought for so many things and then to only be released, you know, she had NWA and power, which the, the, maybe that's my third one, but like the feeling in that air, like being there that night was just so magical. Um, like seeing all these women, like hashtag women's wrestling matters, just being there. And like women's wrestling is something that I've been trying to push in, in spotlight. Just being there was so awesome. And then later, a couple months, seeing Mickey uh, defeat Deanna to gain her first champ, like major championship in what? 11 year. No, not 11 years. Like, like eight years. Yeah. I was thinking WWE, but then I remember TNA after it's like eight years, like was feel was real vindication you know she still got it um and then she won it again you know at, at hard to kill so i feel like those are definitely three i guess past um currently oh my gosh there's so much going on currently right now <laughs> um you know blood and guts is tonight um that's gonna be a huge i matchup. will say this it's only tonight as we record this because i yeah. do not know when jeremy's gonna air this yeah um so again we don't know i don't know what's gonna happen but that's exciting i mean there's gonna be a lot of blood definitely between the elite and the bcc and all of that do we see Um, guts do you reckon (laughs) i'm sorry i had to ask that i mean i feel like now john moxley has an excuse to kind of level up you know we've already seen the blood you know now he has an excuse to kind of show guts i guess Mm -hmm. um me personally i'm not like i'm kind of a, a 
a squirmy person when it comes to real blood. Like I love horror stuff, but I feel like I know it's all, you know, um, but that's going to be exciting. Um, I'm also really excited about the, it hasn't been made official yet, but like SummerSlam's on the cusp right now. Um, Bianca versus Charlotte versus Asuka for the WWE Women's Championship. I think if it it should be made official, I think it will. That's going to be a banger of a match. And also like, I, I don't know who's going to win. Charlotte has a SummerSlam streak. I think she's 5-0 and o at SummerSlam. So mm-hmm. people are like, Charlotte's going to win. And then other people are like, Bianca could win it back. But then other people are like, Asuka's going to retain. So you really don't know what way it's going to go. But I think those three in one match together, Bianca's never beaten Charlotte one-on-one. Um, so technically, she could just pin Asuka to technically defeat Charlotte. Um but I think, I think that's, that's going to be what they'll do. I think that's I don't, I don't know what do. they're going to do. I could and see it then, going anyway. The only reason I say I think that's what they'll do is because I think they want that moment of Bianca defeating Charlotte yeah. to be a big one on one occasion. Yeah. That's just my, I've watched a lot of wrestling conspiracy yeah. theory, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I'm excited for it. Um, and then third, currently, you know, um, you know, the at the time of recording this, we're going to kind of have, I would assume we'll have some celebration for Trinity's victory of winning the Knockouts Championship at SummerSlam. I haven't read the spoilers yet from the tapings, um, but I assume there's going to be some celebration or something. But also, like, Deanna Perrazzo, you know, she has had one hell of a story since leaving WWE and then going to Impact Wrestling, taking a chance on herself. She has carved such a great legacy in only three years. You know, it's just over three years since she arrived to Impact. So she's been carrying that torch. She's been a, a constant at Impact, but now to kind of I don't Deanna's definitely not done, but to kind of now pass that to Trinity again, somebody kind of like kind of like a Mickey James, you know, she left on, you know, not the best of terms, you know, and then to see not only Mercedes, but herself now capture world championships, you know, it's Trinity's first world championships in six years. It's been a long time since she's held singles gold um, anywhere. So I'm excited to see uh, impact feel the glow. Um, and also shout out to Deanna Perrazzo, you know, she's, I, I adore her personally, but she's also been another great constant in the Impact Knockouts division too. That's very cool. And guys, if anyone tells Ella she's still not passionate about wrestling anymore, just watch this segment of this episode. Yeah, I don't think Please I would be working you. as many hours as I am if I wasn't passionate about it, to be honest. <laughs> no, but based on the conversation you and yeah. I were having off camera, I'm a bit like, yeah, you're still definitely passionate about wrestling. Yeah. But as we wrap this up, Ella, the question that I end this show on is, do you believe you will always love wrestling? I hope so, you know. Um, But I've also, like, I, I've gone through other fandoms where, I, you know, I was obsessed with stuff. And then it just, not that I don't love it anymore, but it's, like, slowly faded. You know, I'm not as into it as I have been. I hope so. But, you know, I was, like, the biggest, like, baseball fan for like the longest time you know I I gradually kind of like stepped away from it I still like it but I'm not as invested in it as I used to be you know do you Um, think that's just sorry to interrupt do you you think that's uh just with how busy you are though I I 
this kind of maybe I feel like maybe it kind of started waning because like my favorite players were retiring. Maybe that has something to do with oh, it. Yeah. But that happens before I even started doing wrestling media and all of that. This is like 2015, 2016 ish oh. when I kind of started falling off a bit from it. Maybe it has to do with because again, my favorite people maybe retired. Um, but you know, I've seen it with other stuff with myself where I'm like obsessed this one thing and like i'm so invested in it but then it's just like meh so i i hope i always love wrestling um but also i know people go like kind of in and out of things you know again there's so many unpredictable stuff because wrestling blurs of reality and like kayfabe as they say you know um mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of factors so i hope i'll always love it um but i, I don't think i can say that i'll i'll i don't know i don't know if i'll always love it to be honest um but i hope i do that's a very cool answer and one that we really haven't had since, oh, really? I started, since I started doing this show. So that's very cool to hear in some ways, to be totally honest. And a very honest answer, which I think yeah. is very cool as well. So as we wrap this up, Ella, where can the good people find you, your content, etc.? Thank you for coming on. This has been amazing as always. Thank you for having me. And the easiest way to follow me is on Twitter, where I'm most active. It's breaking my heart that it's kind of becoming ugh, not unbearable, but there's just a lot of things going on there. But you can follow me at it's Ella J. If you go to the link, it's not a link tree anymore. It's my milkshake in my bio. It's basically just a link in my bio where all my links to all my podcasts and writing and all my socials are all in one convenient place. It's well worth doing, guys. I said this to, her, to the lovely Ella off camera, someone that's incredibly good at what she does, someone that's always been incredibly nice to me. So make sure you show her some support. But if you guys like this, guy, if you guys like this episode, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to Fightful Overbooked on YouTube. Follow Fightful on Twitter and all their socials. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tom Talks Rubbish, where I interview the greats in wrestling media about their overall fandom and how they balance it as a content creator and like where they feel their fandom has taken them and things like that. This lovely person has been on the channel twice. I think it's twice, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's twice. Uh, and follow me on Twitter at Tom Talks Fresh, and I will see you in the next one. Goodbye now.